Welcome to PICGO Happenings. I'm your host, Diana McFarland. I'm here to give you a front row view of county government. Welcome listeners. During this episode of PICGO Happenings, we are steering away from the world of economic development and to the world of fire and rescue volunteers. Now, volunteer fire and rescue departments are struggling these days to find volunteers, and there are many reasons for that trend, but it's something we won't be um, covering in depth today. That can be a topic for a future podcast. This week, we will look into the work and the lives of fire and rescue volunteers, specifically what it is about the field that engenders such dedication among its ranks. After all, they are not only paid, they are not being paid to run calls that can come at any time of the day or night but the calls can also be tragic to witness. Now, it's true that many of these folks work as paid staff for neighboring localities, but their volunteer work is simply that, volunteer. To talk about why this field is so satisfying and generates such dedication is Blair's Fire and Rescue Chief and President of the Fire and Rescue Association, Dean Fowler, and Chief Tommy Barber from Mount Hermon. So welcome, gentlemen, and thank you for being with us today on Pitco Happenings. Thank you. Appreciate being here. So let's just start with um, how long y'all have been in the field and how you got your start. So um, I've been in uh, fire and EMS for about 32 years. Now, this is Chief Barber. Yes. Uh, I've been in, been in fire and rescue for about 32 years. Um, I was actually had some friends that was uh, members with a local rescue squad in town, and uh, they encouraged me to join. Uh, at the time, I was... At the time, I was young, living at home, didn't have a lot to do. So I says, hey, I'll try it. So I went in and joined the organization with no training whatsoever. I had no idea what was going to happen. had no idea what I was getting into. I uh, got into it, started my training, and, and I fell in love with it. And, and I found a passion that I didn't know I had. And 32 years later, I'm still doing the job. Well, what was it about it that made you fall in love with that? Just helping people. And, and just the satisfaction of helping people that are in need. Um, and, and I feel like I'm giving back to the community. I'm giving back to my fellow man. What about you, Chief Fowler? How did you get into this? When I was a, a young teenager, my dad was working for a construction company, and they were doing grading and excavating work at Blair's Fire Department's old station. And I would go with him down there when they were doing that project on the weekends because they were just doing it as a contribution to the department. I would go with them down on the weekends and I got to know a lot of the guys and I watched them going out to calls and the excitement and and helping other people. So when I turned 16, which was in 1980, so that's, as you can tell, I've been here a long time. But that being said, when I turned 16, I got in as a junior member. And at that time, a junior member could come to the station They could wash trucks, sweep floors, mop floors, and when the trucks came back from a call, you could wash them all over again. And I fell in love with it. I mean, it's it's a chance to go out and and help your neighbors, take care of your family, be there when somebody's at their worst time, and and it's gratifying to do that. So is there still opportunities for junior members? Absolutely, there's opportunities out there, and and we welcome the young people because, as Chief Fowler just mentioned, uh, eventually Father Time is going to catch up with us, and we can't continue to do this. So we need these younger members to come in so we can groom them and they can continue on what we've learned 
over the years and, and keep keep this going on and helping people that need help. We, uh, our junior program that we've done here, we've actually got numerous chief officers in other departments that started right here at Blair's as uh, junior members, and they're actually career chief officers in departments all around. And uh, we have junior members right now. And if it weren't for them, they're in Firefighter 1 and some taking EMT. And most of the time when they get in as a junior member and start that, as soon as they turn 18, they've got their certifications and they're ready to start running calls. Oh, wow. Uh, we've, we've benefited. Blair's success has been being the volunteer uh, junior members. I mean, that's just hands down, no question. And, and I've seen, too, to where people come in as a volunteer and they use it as a stepping stone for future careers. I mean, as, as Chief Fowler mentioned, you know, there's people that are chiefs in other departments. We've even had people to go to the FBI. We've had people fly on helicopters. So a lot of people, for the lack of a better term, cut their teeth at the volunteer level and then they decide what they want to do. Some of them have gone to be doctors or surgeons. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a small stepping stone. So I would encourage anybody that if you want to get into any kind of medical field, fire, rescue, public safety, something like that, join your local department and see if it's what you want and then see where it takes you. So if, if you were to serve, what would a, what would a day be like? Uh, can you describe what that's like? Well, at the end of the day, you know, it's a lot of taking care of your equipment. It's a lot of being ready to go. It's a lot of, of having the mindset that you're ready to go. You know, I don't think people understand, but a volunteer goes home and he keeps one of these radios sitting there to monitor and he knows when a call come, comes in. He keeps his clothes there so that he's not in the closet looking. If you're having a heart attack, you don't want me searching through the closet to decide what I'm going to wear. They set their clothes out. Uh, a lot of them, their vehicles will be backed in the driveway so they're ready to go at a moment's notice. And, and it's constantly being ready. The other side of the coin is you got to have an understanding family because, I mean, you're going you're gonna to run calls. Yes, you out here in all the excitement, but, but the wife, the, the girlfriend, your parents, they're picking up the pieces and keeping the family together while you're gone. So you got to have that as well. And, and these folks prepare themselves for that. I mean, they build their life around being ready to go at a moment's notice. The rest of it is, is responding to calls, relying on each other when you see something really bad to sit down and talk about it and, and work your way through it and support each other. And, uh, and I mean, it, it's, a, it's a family away from home, I can tell you. And, that, and there's times you may come to the station and, and get your duties done, your truck checked, you know, the, the building cleaned, and you may go the rest of your shift and not get a call. Then you may get those calls to where you don't get back to the station till six or eight hours later. Um, you may not get to eat lunch. You, you may not get to grab a bottle of water because you're just busy. So, and that's just the nature of the beast. It's part of the game. And like, like you said, you may get up at two o'clock in the morning to go on a tight on a call. And next thing you know, the sun's coming up. So it happens. Most of these folks we deal with, you find that they, they're high energy. They, they want to be out there in the, in the, in the mix and they want to be out there and the things that's going on and and that being said they do a great job i don't mm -hmm. think your people in this county I, I i actually called this morning and asked from october of last year to october today 
the volunteers have covered 12,772 calls in this county. And that being said, that would be an overwhelming financial burden for the taxpayers if it wasn't for the volunteers. Not to mention, Tommy and I was just talking, you know, fire trucks now. The fire truck that when I got in in 1980 was $135,000. Now it's 900 to a million dollars. So, I mean, at the end of the day, we're doing fundraisers. Tonight, my folks will be here from 4 o'clock till probably 2 tomorrow morning. Same thing on Saturday, doing a haunted house and raising funds to be able to do this. Raffle tickets are sold. Steers are being done. Community days are being done where they solicit uh, donations from the people. And, I mean, these folks work. It's not a... It's not for the faint of heart, and it's a lot of really good people across the county that do this. Now, I've talked to many volunteers over the years, and one thing they do always bring up is this camaraderie that develops within the department, and that's a huge attraction for everyone. So can you talk a little bit about that? So we consider ourselves a family. I mean, like like Chief Fowler made a comment earlier, we're family away from home, and and we are, and and you build a bond because you train together, you 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 will get out and work together, and and you see bad things, you see good things. Um, there's times to where we need to hug, you know. There's times to where we need to cry, you know, with each other, and we're all there. We're support staff each other, you know. If you need a shoulder to cry on, we've got. One. You know, I, I know, you know, Chief Fowler and I have, there's times people pick up their phone and call and, and they just want to talk and, and you have to listen to them. Um, but it, it really brings people together because we all come together for the one common goal. And that is either that patient out there that needs EMS support or that homeowner that's had a fire. You know, we need to pull together and, and do what we need to do to benefit them because the bottom line is we're here for the citizens of Pennsylvania County. I'll tell you a, a war story. August of 22, I had a medical emergency, and I wound up in the ICU in Lynchburg. You personally? Yes. Ooh. And when I wound up there, to tell you the brotherhood, when I wound up there, there were probably 15 Lynchburg firefighters at the hospital to meet me. And the three days I was there, they were in and out constant checking on me, seeing if I wanted them to bring me food, see if I needed anything, checking on my family. My two sons are firefighters here, and one's a firefighter in Lynchburg, one's a firefighter in South Boston. But they actually were staying overnight because I was there at the intensive care unit in Lynchburg in the hospital. They actually allowed them to stay at the fire station that night rather than having to go get a motel. They took care of them in that manner, and... I've got a Danville firefighter up there right now, and the same thing is going on for that Danville firefighter. And in the same token, you don't go anywhere in the United States and, and walk up and, and somebody figure out. And, and it's funny, you don't have to have a fire department T-shirt on. You don't have to have a fire department cap. It's the demeanor of people. Mm -hmm. I, I was in Pigeon Forge, and a guy made a comment about a, a walkway, and I told Amy that was with me, I told her, I said, that guy's a firefighter. She said, how do you know? I said, ask him, and I bet he's a firefighter. And she said, I want to ask you a question. I don't know you from Adam, but are you a firefighter? He said, sure. He said, I'm from Texas. <laughs> and, and, I mean, I picked it up by listening to his mm -hmm. conversation. And it's just the way that a firefighter looks at things and, and does things. And, and it's a camaraderie all over the United States. It's not just Pennsylvania County. 
No, it, it is, and, and we help each other. I mean, if if any chief calls any other chief in this department and say, hey, I've got a truck broke down, I need to borrow one, we carry it to them. We carry it to them, we'll loan them whatever. If a if, if a member of the department says, hey, I can't come I can't come work today because a pipe busted at my house, guess what? We'll carry the fire trucks. We'll carry them over to the house. We're crawling on the house. We're helping them fix those pipes. I mean, that's just the way we are. We just come together for the common need of each other. So when y'all respond to calls and it's a life and death situation or someone's house burning down, how does that how does it feel when you you finish the call and, and it had a good outcome? So it's not always a good outcome. Oh, I know. It, it's not always. But I, my satisfaction that I get is, uh, you know, as Chief Fowler mentioned earlier, we, we thrive off donations, fundraisers, and stuff like that. But when I go out and help someone, whether it's a medical call or a fire situation, car wreck or whatever, and then two or three days later I might see them at, Walmart or at the store getting gas or something and they stick their hand out and say thank you for being there that is a lot of satisfaction to me just a simple thank you you know now monetary donations are great too don't get me wrong but when somebody comes to me and says thank you that's priceless to me yeah I bet that is it is yeah the other side of going you know you go out here and and people lose property and, and they've had a house burn or whatever I've actually watched my members before they leave the scene, you know, when you when you have lost everything, people don't realize where's your vehicle keys, where's your cell phone when this stuff goes wrong. And I've watched my members and, and have done it myself leave there. We we all throw some money in one of the guys' ball cap or something and walk over and give it to the folks and say, look, this will help you till you can get things situated today and be able to call and get things taken care of with your insurance and stuff. Because, I mean, they're at the worst. And, and like he said, when you walk in, you know, I, I've actually, I've, I've walked in places and, and somebody walk up to me and tell their family, you don't know this guy, but he's a, a member of Blair's Fire Department and he saved my life. I owe my life to him and y'all owe my life to him. And, and it's no better feeling. No, I agree. I don't know if many folks know what valuable members of the community that you are because, you know, you really don't know until you call 911 and thank God you show up, you know. Um, so if somebody wants to make that plunge, um, what's the first thing they should do? So with, with Mount Herman's department, just contact our department. If no one's there, leave a message. And uh, we have like a membership committee that will reach out to you. We'll get you the information you need, um, give you the applications. Uh, we encourage everybody to serve in their community. You know, I like to serve where I live. Mm -hmm. So we encourage that. Uh, there's nothing to say that you can't cross boundaries. But, you know, because we need the volunteers. Yeah. So if you're interested, reach out to, to your department and uh, we'll get the paperwork going and, and see if it's something you want to do. Yeah. By all means, same thing. Mm -hmm. They can go on BlairsFireAndRescue.com mm -hmm. and, and they can get an interest card there, fill it out, send it back, and uh, and my membership committee will be in touch with you. Mm -hmm. Now, why don't you give the phone numbers of both your stations if you know them off the top of your head. Okay. So Mount Hermans is 434-836-1869. Blair's is 434-836-3065. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for joining us today. I wish we had more time to talk about it because I'm sure you could tell us some really good stories. <laughs> but unfortunately, we are limited. But no, thank you again. Thank, thank you for the opportunity. And, and it's it's really a blessing to be able to get 
the information out there to the public to know what the volunteer agencies, because these agencies do a great job. Oh, I know they do. A great job. They do. They absolutely do. They put their heart and soul into it, and, and I appreciate the invite to being involved in this also. Well, it's been our pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Pitco Happenings. I hope you learned something informative. If you have a question or want to make a comment, give me a call or send a text to 434-489-8739.